Welcome to the Pascal Web Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. Welcome to this month's new series. As you listen, may you be blessed and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, God loves you. God loves you. This is for somebody out there. God loves you. And he has a wonderful plan for your life. If you've ever attended our NBS, you probably have heard that. God loves you. And he has a wonderful plan plan for your life. Maybe you've even given up on any plans you you were having because a few things went wrong. But God loves you. He does. He does. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Not says your mother, not says your uncle, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you (laughs) and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And the future. Think about it. God says he has plans. For you. And his plans are to prosper you. To prosper you. And I'm dealing with your mindset right now. Because you, you don't seem to believe such things from God. The way our minds have been cooked. We don't expect prosperity from God. But, you know, God's word cannot be changed. God has a plan to prosper you. God is happy when you do well. Just like every parent. I mean, you are the, you are, some of you are parents. You mean to tell me that you are so happy when your child comes home with poor results. Nothing is working. They say, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoy your poverty. I enjoy... I enjoy your frustration. They make me so happy. That's a witch. Then you are a witch. Any normal parent, any normal parent, you might not even be able to enjoy those things, but if your child is getting them, it's as if you are the one getting them. So I don't know why you feel that God is so wicked that you can desire good things for your children. But God has no good intentions for you. I don't know where you are getting that. It's certainly not from the word of God. God wants you to prosper. And he has planned it. He has planned that you will prosper. Like if you follow through with his plan, your end result will be prosperity, good success, hope, and a great future. That is what will happen to you if you stick with the plan of the Lord. It might not be the best plan. But if you stick with it, the end of it is prosperity. You better go and ask Joseph. 
The plane didn't look like it's going anywhere. But at the end of it, Joseph was prosperous. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Oh! You see, look, I want you to see how God is thinking about you. God says, you will always, not some, you see, it's, it's very difficult to be at the top. And it's even more difficult to stay at the top. I'm sure you've seen the, the charts, musical charts. Somebody will push, push, will be the top hundred for a week. But next week he's dethroned by somebody else. But once in a while, we've had people stay on the top charts, like three, di- three or four different charts. Michael Jackson used to stay on charts for months. Top of charts, all charts for months. So it is possible to be on top always. It's possible. I know that you've been at the bottom, you've been at the tail, smelling poo-poo, smelling fat, I mean, and that's what you are used to. But God is bringing good news this morning. He says to you, I want you to be the head, no more the tail. And I think that that is something you also you want. You also would like to be the head. That from time to time, you also want to say, how do things look like at the top there? Oh, the top of the building is better than the bottom of the building. I hope you realize that. All the mud is at the bottom there. From time to time, we all want to know, those people on top, what do they see? Eh? What do they, what do they breathe from up there? God says, I want you to be there always, always, always. God wants you to be on top financially. God wants you to be on top relationally. God wants you to be on top in your ministry. God wants you to be on top at any endeavor that you are engaged in. You're supposed to be at the top always, always, always at the top. And it says, if you can just follow my instructions carefully, not casually, not carelessly, carefully. That's the only condition. Just follow simple instructions carefully and you are at the top always. So we can see clear from scriptures that God's intentions are clear. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to do well. God wants you to be the head. God wants you to be at the top, not at the bottom. And if you've checked well, a lot of people are at the bottom, isn't it? Let's bring it home. A lot of us, hey, are at the bottom. For now. Now, does that mean that God lied to us? Did God lie when he says, you shall be the head and not the tail? Forever you are the tail, never the head. Did God lie? When God says you shall be at the top, never at the bottom, and you are consistently keeping the bottom chart, like you are even now owning it, you've cemented your place there. Nobody can dethrone you from the bottom of late. My God. 
that you are holding all the titles, platinum at the bottom, uh, uh, gold at the bottom, plat- I mean, you have all the awards at the bottom, 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 bottom. My God. What is going on? Did God lie? Look at Romans 3 verse 4. The Bible says, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. So, meaning, God cannot lie. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Let God be true. Anytime God says something, it doesn't happen to you. Look, just tell yourself, let God be true, every man a liar. I think here, it can only be me who is at fault. Let God be true. Let God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Do you know why a lot of us are at the bottom? Four reasons. Number one, disobedience. If you carefully follow my commandments, which I'm giving you today. You see that simple thing that he asks us to do? Time and time again, you will find out that we don't follow carefully. Disobedience. The first thing that causes a lot of us, instead of enjoying the top, we are forever rooming down at the bottom. Forever rooming down at the bottom. Disobedience. Genesis 3 verse 11 And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Have you eaten? I told you to not do something. And as long as you don't do that thing, you will be at the top. You will be on top. Now now you are saying that you are naked. What happened there? Did you eat what I said you shouldn't eat? Did you go where I said you shouldn't go? They do start what I say you shouldn't start. Disobedience. One of the number one reasons why a lot of God's people are at the bottom. What could be more bottom like being naked? Ah, that's real bottom. When people go seriously mad, eh? You know it because they take off the clothes. I mean, that's, you've really gone at the bottom, bottom, bottom. Like here, you are back at basics. Basics, you are back to the basics. You are back to the basics, I tell you. Hey, no, you've gone back to the basics. Oh, 45-year-old man, stuck naked, moving around, Adam and Eve. No, 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 something is wrong. And you know what has caused this? Disobedience. He asking them, who told you you are naked? Who told you you are broke? Who told you you are ugly? Who told you you are not intelligent? You know, did you do something that I said you shouldn't do? What has happened? Second reasons why a lot of us are at the bottom. Number two, ignorance. Ignorance. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. 
separated from the life of God. So there's a life that God has for this person, but this person is separated from that life because of ignorance. I don't need to remind you, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Ignorance. Psalm 82, they know nothing, they understand nothing, they walk about in darkness, the foundations of the world are destroyed. Ignorance. Not knowing, not knowing. You see, what is ignorance? Two things. Number one, not knowing something will make you ignorant. Number two, not understanding the thing will make you ignorant. You can know it, but you don't understand. And when you don't understand, you are equally ignorant. Because a lot of us, no, I know, I know, yeah, you know, but do you understand? Do you understand? That's why he said they know nothing. That's the first level. Second level, they understand nothing. In this particular verse, it says they are darkened in their understanding. They are darkened in their understanding. And because of that, they are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Darkened in their understanding. You can know a car, but do you understand how a car works? You can know what marriage looks like, but do you understand the dynamics of marriage? Do you understand the dynamics of marriage? You can know how people go to work in the morning. You know that when you have a job, you have to wake up at this time, and then you have to dress up, and then you go. You know that routine, but do you understand the dynamics of working for somebody? Ignorance. Ignorance. Number three, irresponsible faith. I'm talking about the things that are responsible for a lot of us being at the bottom at the moment. And as these things are coming to you, I'm trusting God that you will start ascending up. You will start separating yourself and finding your position. Number three, irresponsible faith. Irresponsible faith. One of my most revered mentors in the ministry, Bishop David Tuedepo, he made a staggering statement where I'm taking this particular point from. He said, any faith that makes God absolutely responsible for the outcome of your life is an irresponsible faith. Any faith that makes God absolutely responsible for all the outcomes of your life is an irresponsible faith. In other words, you are just standing there like a pillar and you are hoping that God will do everything. That is irresponsible. Irresponsibility is behind a lot of us being at the bottom. Failing to take responsibility. Failing to take responsibility of the issues that you can take responsibility of. Putting God in charge of everything. This has kept a lot of people at the bottom because they are saying, no, God will do it. God must do it. Yeah. Did God brush your teeth this morning? Why haven't you said God must come and do my hair? 
No, I'm tired right now. God must bath me. Uh, God, come and bath me. I'm very tired. I, I, I've had a very long day. Lord, God, you know, send some angels to bath me. Hmm? Matthew 20, verse 6 to 7. About 5 in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? All day long, all day long, doing nothing. All day long, doing nothing. Now, listen to the answer. Because no one has hired us. Any issue in your life that you are involving somebody. If I ask you the question, why are you jobless? Because no one. Why are you not married? Because no one. Why are you still in your father's house? Because no. Because because this one. Because that one. Because if you are still answering incriminating people, blaming people, putting it on people, you are irresponsible. You are irresponsible if it is still the, 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 like it is still somebody else behind you, that, besides you. Like it's not that there's another person that is responsible for this, but not me. Somebody else has made me to be like this. Irresponsible. Why is the church not growing? Uh, because this, because this, because this. Why is the cell not doing well? And you know, people are, oh, it's winter. You know, this and this and this and this and this. It's winter. People are playing taverns. It, it's winter. Any faith that makes God absolutely responsible for all the outcomes of your life is an irresponsible faith. Tell your neighbor, you have a part to play. Tell them seriously. Tell them, listen, you have a part to play. If you, will, if you will live from that bottom place where you are, if you will live from that bottom, you need to start obeying God. If you will live from that place where you are, you need to start doing what next? Knowing something. Number three, you need to become responsible. <laughs> to become responsible. How long are you going to blame everybody? I mean, you've been there all day long waiting for somebody to come and hire you. Wow. Number four. Invisible forces. Invisible forces. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. For a great and effective door has opened for me. And there are many adversaries. For the sake of the burden the Lord has laid on my heart, this month, my focus is on that last point. 
this month, I'm not going to talk much about disobedience. I'm not going to talk much about knowledge. I'm not going to talk much about becoming responsible in your faith, not being lazy. I'm going to talk about invisible forces that are behind a lot of things that are not working. Many people are at the bottom. (laughs) Yes, there's a level of disobedience. They're living in sin. Yes, there's a level of ignorance. They haven't taken the time to listen to podcasts, read their Bibles, read books. They are not paying the price of light. Yes, there's the issue of irresponsible faith where they are not really seeing themselves as responsible for for being where they are. Oh, but even if you put all those things together and you solve them, you must still not see a lot of people rising because of invisible forces. So this month, our series title is Defeating Invisible Enemies. Defeating invisible enemies. Romans 16 verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Shortly. This is a prophecy. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And I perceive before the end of June, the crushing must happen. Defeating invisible. Enemies, if we're talking about defeating, the Bible says you crash. Are you here? Every believer is engaged in an invisible war, whether you are aware of it or not, is irrelevant. If you have given your heart, in fact, let me say every human being, not even every believer, when you become a believer, it gets worse. Yes. In fact, it gets better because you cannot defeat him. That's actually what I should say. Because when you are not a believer, you will never believe that there will be no chance of deceiving, of defeating him. When you become a believer, now it gets worse not for you, but for him. For him. Ephesians 6 verse 12, the Bible is clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. 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 You have an invisible war. 
Stop fighting flesh and blood. Our real war, we don't wrestle flesh and blood. That's not what we are wrestling against. If it is flesh, if it is blood, meaning if I can see it, if I can see it, that is not my real enemy. Flesh and blood is something I can see. If I can see the problem, that's not the real problem. Did you hear what I said? If you can see the problem, it is not the real problem. I'm I'm talking about your physical eyes. If your physical eyes can see this thing, that's not the thing. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I'm trying to explain to you that you are involved in an invisible war. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. And then your weapons that you are using to wrestle are not even carnal weapons. They are not physical weapons. So it's clear you are involved in a war that is not in this realm. You are involved in a fight that is not concerning what you see around you. Because you are not fighting flesh and blood. When you look on your left, it's flesh and blood. When you look on your left, even goats have flesh and blood. Dogs have flesh and blood. So that's not your war. And then your weapons are not carnal. Because they have to respond to where the fight is taking place. So today's message, with the time I have, is entitled, Knowing Your Invisible Enemies. Knowing them. Knowing them. Knowing who are the invisible enemies we are fighting. Today, let's just focus on knowing them. Because if we don't know them, we can't fight them. It's very important to know who you are fighting. Second Corinthians 2 verse 11, the Bible says, Lest Satan t- should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Every time you don't know what Satan is doing, he takes advantage. Every time you are ignorant of what is going on, Satan takes advantage. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the objectives of this series is to bring light to Satan's devices so that you become aware of his devices. And by becoming aware of his devices, he will not be able to take such easy advantage of you anymore. The word of God reveals these invisible enemies. Gives them names. Clear. You will never see them moving around. But they are there. They exist. There is a world in our world. So let's start with the invisible enemies. Number one. Satan is an invisible enemy. Satan is an invisible enemy. I don't know if you've seen him somewhere. You may tell me if you have his photo. If you have a selfie with him somewhere. Yet you do believe he exists. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18. 
For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I Paul did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. An invisible enemy that was able and capable of blocking the way of somebody in this realm. Somebody you cannot see. Paul wanted to go to the Thessalonians. He did it three times. Trying to go there. But he couldn't go there. And he says, Satan blocked the way. An invisible enemy that was able to manipulate things until you couldn't do something you were were supposed to do. Opposition. Delays. Frustrations. Things taking too long. Oh. And you are thinking it's normal. There's nothing normal about it. It's very far from normal. As a matter of fact, even though I think in a week or two, I will not take you through the assignments of these guys so that you understand when they are operating in your life, you know, oh, I think this is what is going on. But I can already tell you off front, one of Satan's number one assignment is to oppose you. Is to fight you. That's what he's here to do. He's just waiting for you to have a vision, something you want to achieve, and then he get a purpose. As soon as you have a vision, then he finds a purpose. I mean, if if Paul was not trying to go to Thessalonia, there was nothing to oppose. But as soon as you want to achieve something, as soon as you want to become something, as soon as you want to be, I mean, you want to do something, from that moment, he has a purpose. To oppose. To fight. To block. But don't forget our prophecy. Hmm? And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The God of, not you, not you, not you. The God of peace will crush Satan. Where? Under your feet. Shortly. You just keep learning. Number two, fallen angels are invisible enemies. Fallen angels. Invisible enemies. Jude 1 6. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. When Satan fell, he fell with people. So he's not the only guy, he has fallen angels too. And they are serious, invisible enemies on your way. Number three, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness are invisible enemies. In Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against one, principalities. Two, against powers. Three, against the rulers of darkness of this age. Four, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And these are all, Paul is saying we wrestle against these guys. Have you seen them? Have you seen some principalities before? Yet you are wrestling against them. 
You are wrestling against powers. You are wrestling against rulers of darkness. These are invisible enemies. Invisible enemies. Forces that are on the way. We have a clear example in the book of Daniel chapter 10 verse 13. The Bible says for for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The spirit prince here stands for principalities. From time to time you hear they call them principalities. Other times they call them a prince. It's the same person. They blocked the way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. This was when Daniel was praying for answers. And then the answers came and got stuck in the air. Daniel prayed, the Bible, the, you know, the angel told Daniel, the day you prayed, I was released, the same day. Like when you, were, when you started praying, God sent me to with the answer. But I, I, I'm only arriving 21 days after. Because unknown to you, Daniel, up there, there was war. Another fallen angel was not allowing me to come. With the answer. I hope you realize that most of your answers will come from angels, if not all of them. As soon as you start praying, angels are dispatched. If you read your Bible, whenever people prayed, angels were sent. So you see that these fallen angels are on the way when your angels are sent with your answers, they are up there to block the way. That's why we pray. Hence, I have said many times before, a prayerless believer has no future. Like, Daniel, to receive this answer, he needed to fast and pray for 21 days. Otherwise, nothing was going to happen. That was going to happen. Number four, demons are invisible enemies. Mark 6, 13. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Demons. Number five, unclean spirits are invisible enemies. Matthew 10, 11, 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Unclean spirits. Number six, spiritual snakes. And scorpions are invisible enemies. He replied, Luke 10, 18 and 19, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will hurt you or harm you. Do you think Jesus is talking about the, 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 the green mamba that, that is moving behind your yard. Did you think that is what Jesus was talking about here? Or the scorpion that you are seeing on National Geographic. Do you think that, that is what we are talking about here? No, my friend, you are not understanding. Jesus is first saying, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That's the first statement. Then now he's saying, I'm giving you power over snakes and scorpions. Like, I saw Satan, a spiritual being that is in the unseen world. He said, I saw him. 
Then I says, I gave you authority over snakes and scorpions. So this cannot be the snake you are seeing moving around there running away. These ones are spiritual snakes. And they are spiritual scorpions. You've seen a lot of them in your dreams, if you are very, very careful. They appear. They come to your dreams. They want to bite you. They want to fight you. Oh! It's clear. I mean, if you've never seen a snake in your dream, I don't know. I don't know where you're coming from. But they are there. The thing is, you've been seeing them, but you don't know what it means. This month, you'll know what it means by the grace of God. Number seven, spiritual lions and cobras are invisible enemies. Psalm 91 verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. New Living Translation, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. These are spiritual entities. Why will you crush them? Because they're on the way. They're on the way. Number eight, spiritual dogs are invisible enemies. Revelation 22 verse 15. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Outside are dogs. Outside are dogs. Outside are dogs. Outside. Dogs and sorcerers. Are you with me? Oh yes. yes. And these beings, they are fighting you every day. The problem is that you are not aware of what is fighting you. That's the problem. You are not aware of what is fighting you. So from time to time, God uses your dreams to, to make you a bit aware of, there's something going on. There's something going on. And you will see a dog chasing you and you don't understand what is happening. But then I'm showing you the person outside are dogs. These are not normal dogs. These are invisible enemies. Mm. Number nine, spiritual frogs are invisible enemies. Oh yeah. Psalm 78 verse 45. He sends swarms of flies among them which destroy them. Which they devour them. And frogs to destroy them. Frogs. You must understand, frogs were used to destroy Egypt. Frogs can be in the water, they can come out of the water, they stand here, they release their tongue there, they pull something back. I mean, there are certain frogs, if they enter your house, you become uncomfortable. It's not, like, it's not like the frog can really hit you, but it's presence. It's present. The way it looks, you start being afraid. Spiritual flies 
Spiritual flies. Same verse, Psalm 78, verse 45. He sends swarms of flies to devour them. All the diseases that we've been struggling in Africa are all connected to flies. Because flies can go and plant themselves on feces. Then they come and stand on your food. A mosquito will go and bite there, comes and bites you too. Take something from there, come and give here. Flies are responsible for a lot of sicknesses. If you didn't know. Defeating invisible enemies. Invisible enemies. Invisible enemies. Defeating them. They are invisible, but I'm going to defeat them. I can't see them with my physical eyes, but I'm going to defeat them. Somebody is going to enter that dimension this month where you will be able to defeat enemies you can't see with your natural eyes, but you'll become able to fight them, raid them down, put traps on them, attach them, arrest them, destroy them completely. There are so many of them. We don't have time. I'm I'm just making you aware of what is going on. Let's go towards the end. Are you blessed? Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. oh yes. Oh yes. We have spiritual birds. Revelations 18 verse 2. And he cried muchly with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Birds, spiritual birds. Everything, everything you see here in the spirit is there. It's all there. You have dogs here. You have dogs there. You have snakes there. You have snakes there. You have lions here. You have lions there. You have um, uh, flies here. You have flies there. So there you have your body. There you have your soul, your spirit. So when you fall asleep, your spirit enters that well, and then the. the, the <laughs> The stuff starts. Now, we need to train your spirit. We need to build your spirit so that your spirit can start bringing order in the spirit world. Yeah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. Let me touch one that we usually don't talk much about. Spiritual foods are invisible enemies. Spiritual food. Spiritual food. We don't talk much about this. But I'm going to start talking about it. Spiritual food. Yeah. You're always eating your dreams. People are always giving you food in your dreams. And you are eating with you are eating with appetite. Oh. You eat here, then you go and eat there. Wow. Spiritual food. Acts 10, 13 and 14. Then a voice told me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Peter is having a vision. And in a vision, a voice is telling him, 
kill and eat. And he said, no, 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 no. I've never eaten anything impure. I'm not going to eat this. If you knew the manipulations that happen when you are eating in your dreams, you will pray. You will pray seriously. If you wake up in the morning and you were eating in your dream, it's not a good thing. Can I tell you something? Most of the things that I'm talking about here, in the natural, they look great. I mean, dogs are good friends in the natural, isn't it? Oh, most of these things are nice. I mean, eating in the natural, isn't it a good thing to do? But in the spiritual, it's not always a good thing. It can become an invisible enemy. People have stuff stuck in them because they ate something. The same way natural food can bring diseases, spiritual food brings diseases to people. Now you guys are very quiet now. I don't know what's going on. That we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. One of the things that happens to you when you eat in your dreams is that you start losing your memory. You start forgetting things. And the number one thing you start forgetting are the very dreams. When you are always forgetting your dreams, it's because it's a satanic manipulation to make sure that you don't remember so that you don't, make any, you don't take any action. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Yeah, so it affects, it affects you in many ways. One of those ways is you stop being unable to remember your dreams. And you must understand something. God speaks to you a lot through dreams. A lot of things are communicated. That is one of the vehicles through which God communicates to you. And it's being already aberrated by witchcraft manipulations. Eat! No, I can't. I cannot do this. Sicknesses are planted in people's bodies through food that they eat in the night. Obstacles are brought in their lives through things they ate in the night and they're not aware of it. They're not aware of it. Can never be a good thing. If you, if you, if you, if you read, they'll tell you, no, 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 if you're eating in the night, it's a good sign. Hey, 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 hey please, please. I mean, when you are married and you're having sex with your wife, is it not a good thing? So how is it that when you are finding yourself having sex in the night with another person, when you wake up, you feel, no, 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 something is wrong. That's the same thing I'm talking about. That's the same thing I'm talking about. You will know something is wrong because it doesn't feel right. Right. 
And this explains a lot of, you see, these invisible enemies are around us. And if we don't learn how to fight them, we will be good Christians. Good loving Christians, we come to church, we pray, we worship, we do a lot of things, but we are at the bottom. We are at the bottom. We are supposed to be up there, but we are always at the bottom. Why? Invisible forces that you don't know how to deal with. But I thank God the series is called Defeating, Defeating Invisible Invisible enemies, defeating them, defeating them, defeating them, defeating them. The last one I'm going to talk about as I close, spiritual horns are invisible enemies. Zachariah chapter 1 verse 20 to 21. And the Lord showed me four craftsmen. I ask, what are these coming to do? He answered, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could raise their head. <laughs> no one in this family can raise their head. Do you, do you know what horns, horns bend like this? Do you understand? Now, these are four horns. One, two, three, four. They have been, they are, all four horns have come and close the head of a person. And say, no one can raise their head here in Judah. Spiritual horns. And no horns are tough. You can't just take a horn and you break. Ah, it's strong. Now imagine it's four of them above your head. Can you leave the head? Spiritual haunts. Spiritual haunts. The prophet of God was observing this vision happening before him. And the Lord says to him, these are the horns that have scattered the family of Judah. This family is scattered because of these horns. Nobody can raise their head in this family, but the craftsmen have come to terrify them and to throw them down these horns will be thrown down. And I pray for you that the craftsmen will be sent in your family. This month, this month, give the craftsmen some duty in your family there. The craftsmen, the craftsmen, they've been sent. The, 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 the Spirit of God told Zachariah, they've been sent to cut the horns. Zachariah, cut the horns, cut the horns, cut the horns. Cut the horns, cut the horns, cut the horns, so that somebody's head can be lifted up. Somebody's life can start coming. You see, I told you, why are so many at the bottom? Why? Why? Invisible forces. These are the horns that have scattered Judah. So that no one could raise their head. It means the head is forever bottom. Forever at the bottom. And you know why Judah is scattered? 
because they are feeling maybe now let me go there let me go to Johannesburg if I go to Johannesburg maybe things are gonna and they are scattering themselves because they are thinking that maybe it is here no no wherever you go the horns are following they are following now it's true that sometimes changing location can help but I promise you if this problem is not location the spirit no matter where you go you can go to France they follow you there So the key is not to run. The key is to settle down and learn how to deal with invisible forces that are turned against you, that are fighting anything you are trying to do. Fighting you inside. During the day you are saying is that my life is beginning to move. Something is happening. As soon as you go to bed, something happened. Something gets manipulated there. The next day you wake up, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And so you keep having to go to back to square one. You keep coming back to square one. And it takes months before you can rebuild that momentum. As soon as you're about to hit it big, just one dream is enough. Few dogs following you in a dream. A scorpion you meet by the road. Something that happened this way. One of these creatures I've spoken about, before you realize, back to square one, it's like, hey, my God, what is going on? I'm back! I was climbing, climbing, climbing. And it was like I was beginning to feel what it is like to be at the top. I've been brought right back to the bottom. And I have to start climbing again. Enough is enough. God must help us this month by his grace. This thing has to end. This thing has to end. This thing has to end. It has to end. Those aberrated dreams. They must, you are a child of God. But why is it that you never dream of yourself in the church? You never dream of yourself doing outreach? You never dream of yourself planting a church? I mean, have you asked yourself, why can't my dreams be like that? Why can't I dream of something great? Every dream doesn't make sense. I'm in the bush somewhere. I'm I'm coming out of a bush entering water. I'm just oh. defeating invisible enemies. Please, you need to be serious this month. This is not a month where you should be going up and down, wasting your life, listening to something once and then just ah, listen. This might be your only opportunity that God has brought. We can settle this thing and my life needs to start. My life needs to start. Stand on your feet, everybody. This morning, I just want you to thank God for the word that has come. The awareness God has brought to us through his word. Open your mouth and just start thanking him. Start thanking him right now. He has shown us the way. 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 And he gave us a promise. The God of peace. The God of peace. Will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The God of peace. Will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Come and begin to cover your life with the blood of Jesus. As we are entering the enemy's field. As we are becoming aware of what has been going on. That the Lord of all mercy will be merciful towards us this month. He will take us through a safe passage 
in this difficult journey we are entering, that many souls will be relieved, many destinies will be redeemed, many lives will be saved, oh Jesus. That before this service is over, somebody will encounter light, somebody will be delivered from the claws of the enemy, and somebody's destiny will be liberated so that they can be what you were created to be, Lord. Oh, Shabayaganda Rabaseka Palabaraba. Meka tokele mazika teka para develle branda na masekata. Mason tele brende seka tola brenda. Shatoske preka tola ve. Entepre zika tola manda. Shantaka zekelema. Entepre kazoke le bayeda. Si prezute kalaleka la kazo. Antayakate. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. All these spiritual animals. All these spiritual animals. All these spiritual food that we've been eating. All these animals, some of them have been biting us, some of them have been chasing us. Father, from today, from today, from today, Mayaka take Zokele Manda Praya and Tezika Tolaye Ezekapaya. Open your mouth and pray, somebody. Open your mouth and pray, somebody. Your victory has come. Your victory has come. Your victory has come. Something has to shift in your life this month. Something has to shift in your life this month. Let a judgment, let a judgment, let the judgment of God, let the judgment of God be brought on your enemies, your spiritual enemies that have been fighting you. Oh, using your ignorance. Oh, using your lack of knowledge. They have been having a field day. They have been having a field day. But the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. The truth has come to them. Mayakaya, 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 Mayakaya. Somebody must start riding excited in your spirit because God is sending light. God is sending light. God is sending light. Ayaka, mekesa kole palamanda, rasha kente prekazoya, ente prekazoya, ekele malonga, mayakata, 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 mayakata. You are getting your freedom back. You are getting your freedom back. Something has to break. Something has to break. family that is connected to this church any family that is connected to this church where the spiritual horns the spiritual horns have been working have been working to destroy in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
Father, we thank you this morning for your word that has come. I know the enemy will bring deception. But your light is here. Have mercy on us. Deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from ourselves. In the name of Jesus. Father, this morning we say thank you. Thank you for this service. And for what you're going to accomplish through it. I thank you for my own life. For all you've been doing for me. For all you're going to do for my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray for more mercy. I pray for more mercy. I pray for more mercy. In the name of Jesus. Listen, if you are watching this morning and you're not born again, you need to understand that you cannot defeat an enemy when you are in his camp. The Bible says, praise be to God who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. Before you can fight Satan, you must first leave his kingdom. And we leave Satan's kingdom through the new birth. When you give your heart to Jesus, you are translated from the kingdom of darkness where the rulers of darkness are prevailing. And you are transplanted into the kingdom of God. And it's from that position that you can fight. So this morning, if you are not born again, you must understand that is the first major thing you need to do. I'm not saying you are going to church. I'm saying, are you born again? Have you surrendered your heart to Christ? Have you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior? If you haven't done that, listen. Today, you need to do it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus. At the count of three, what I need you to do is to raise your right hand. Don't think about who is standing next to you or who is sitting next to you. Just lift your right hand and God is going to help you this morning. At the count of three, just raise your right hand. Say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to hide my life through the blood of Jesus. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. You can take your hands down. Now, if you are already born again, and this morning you just feel like recommitting yourself to Jesus. He is here to help us. At the count of three, you can just do that. You can just raise your right hand and say, Pastor, I want to recommit myself to God. I want to recommit myself to God. And I'm going to pray with you. At the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three, raise your right hand. I want you to recommit myself. God bless you. What a blessing. And we're going to pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, 
for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life.